The questions started reeling in. Doubt started setting in. The inner critic started speaking all this negativity into my spirit. All I kept hearing was, I'm not good enough. I'm not qualified enough. I'm never going to be enough. But then God reminded me of something. God reminded me that I was fearfully and wonderfully made. God had created me just the way he intended me to be. And that meant that I was qualified, if anything, maybe overqualified for these positions. It wasn't that I wasn't good enough. It's just that that job wasn't good enough for me. It's because that position wasn't where God wanted me at. God was saving the very best for the very last for me. And in that moment, it was kind of hard to see that. It was hard to feel that. It was hard to just grasp onto that. But the truth of the fact was that God came in speaking those truths over me. And I had to turn away my focus from the negativity to focus on the positivity. Hi, this is Eileen Bocaneda and welcome to the Living Encouraged podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about wrestling with our inner critic. You know, so many of us deal with that inner critic, the inner critic that just sits there and just settles in our mind, just constantly telling us we're not good enough. We're not worthy enough. We're not thin enough. We're not uh, cute enough. You know, our hair isn't voluptuous enough. You name it. We hear it from our inner critic. It's It's been said that we are our worst critics and there's so much truth to that. Because oftentimes we are so caught up in trying to perfect everything. Um, If anything, nowadays, um, I have found myself on YouTube. Yes, I have been on YouTube checking out these girls, learning how to do the whole contouring bit. Because if you were to see me try to contour, it just... It looks crazy. I look like a clown. And my sister laughs at me and she's like, I don't understand how is that you can't do this. It's so easy. But for me, it's not. But I've I've sat there and I've tried following the steps. I try watching the videos and I go out and I buy all these different shades to try to do my face to look a certain way. And I'm like, you know what? It's just not me. Because why I spend so much time trying to perfect what they're doing and uh, it just doesn't work for me. Okay, so, you know, I'll sit there and I'll criticize myself and judge myself on so many levels when, you know, five years ago, there was no contouring in my life. There was no, you know, extra shading here and there. There was no, you know, how to make your lips look bigger kind of thing. Uh, 10 years ago, this there was no making my eyebrows look, you know, perfect and thicker. But nowadays, you know, we spend our time trying to just give ourselves an overall look that, that we feel is, you know, beautiful. So we try often to perfect that. Why? Because we're criticizing ourselves. And I know many of us, we deal with that. And, you know, we, it's, it's just a common thing that you hear so much about, but we don't want to get caught up in that same position and just stay there where we're loathing ourselves or being hard on ourselves. Today, I want to talk to you about, uh, you know, this interview. Okay. So we're going to call it the interview. So have you ever been to an interview where the interview was just great? Like everything went great. You know, you nailed it. You know, for a fact 
that that job is yours. I mean, they asked all the questions. You gave them all the right answers. There was a lot of laughing, smiling, you name it. Everything felt comfortable. I'm talking about everything in the environment was great. Everything was conducive to your needs. And and you felt in your spirit, you know what? They love me. They're going to hire me. This job is mine. Y'all talk salary. Y'all talk hours. Y'all talk, you know, everything down to, you know, vacation time benefits. And in your mind, you've got it set. I nailed the job. This job is mine, right? So you leave the interview. Okay. You leave the interview. A week passes. Two weeks pass. Then all of a sudden, crickets. I mean, nothing, no callback, no word of a decision, simply the sound of crickets. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine that you're sitting there and you, you start unraveling yourself from the mind and you start questioning and asking yourself, was it something that I said? Was it something that I did? Was I not qualified enough? Was my resume not good enough? Was it Was it that I was lacking in some area? You know, did I say something dumb? You know, did I come off and say something dumb that I shouldn't have? And you sit there and you start replaying the entire interview over and over. And you ask yourself, what went wrong? What did I do wrong? That's the first thing we do. The inner critic kicks in. The inner critic is right there. I mean, you play that interview over and over and over in your head. And before you know it, you find yourself wrestling with that inner critic. Exactly. The critic that whispers in your ear, you just weren't good enough. Isn't it like that, that, that it happens like, you know, insecurity is now setting in. You start feeling insecurity. I'm talking about at an all-time high, a level that a feeling unqualified, unworthy, unappealing has now, you know, reached, you know, the highest level imaginable. And you've gone from, you know, a feeling of, okay, I'm, I'm uh, worthy. I'm good enough. I'm excited. This is great. You're all excited one moment. But the minute that call does not come in, the minute the days pass, the minute the weeks pass, what happens? You start climbing and your levels of insecurity start climbing from a negative three all the way up to an eight, a nine, a 10. And before you know it, your charts are just off the wall. You're, you're like, you know what? It was me. I I should have worn this instead. I should have acted like this. And you start you know, criticizing everything about yourself and the interview that took place. Oftentimes we find ourselves falling into that very same frenzy. We start feeling rejection. Uh, uh, Let's say it's a relationship, you know, and when the relationship breaks apart, you sit there and you ask yourself, what did I do wrong? Was I not loving it enough, attentive enough? Was I not nurturing enough? Did I not, you know, spend enough time with him? Did, did I not, you know, you know, like flirt with him enough? You know, you sit there, you start asking yourself all these crazy questions, right? Like, did I not dress pretty enough? Was my hair not beautiful enough? Uh, maybe he found somebody skinnier. Was I not thin enough? You start to unravel at the seam 
and questioning yourself and criticizing yourself. You start looking in the mirror and you start telling yourself, you know what? You're too fat. You know what? Your smile's not beautiful. You know what? Your voice doesn't sound right. You start to nitpick yourself. And that's what happens when we start feeling rejected. That rejection takes our mind and our mind goes into a spiraling frenzy, a mad frenzy, leaving us feeling less than. This is how the enemy works. This is... This is the thief. The enemy is the thief. And in John 10, 10, it tells us that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. So I just want you to think here for a minute. When you find yourself that, let's say you haven't achieved that goal. Let's say you're an entrepreneur, starting entrepreneur, and your business just hasn't taken off. Maybe you haven't reached that level that that you felt you should have reached by now. That inner critic, you're wrestling with that inner critic. That inner critic is attacking you. Well, the enemy wants to steal your joy. The enemy wants to steal every ounce of hope that you have in you. The enemy wants to kill that dream. The enemy wants to kill the dream of having that beautiful wedding. The enemy wants to kill that thought that of of hope that that relationship is going to reconcile. The enemy wants to steal every bit of joy that is within you, every bit of hope, every bit of encouragement, every bit of motivation. The enemy wants to come and just suck it out of you, just drain you from it. This is how the enemy works. He wants to turn every situation into a cluttered, filled mess of insecurity and rejection. That's what he wants to do. He wants to steal it from you. He he wants to leave you feeling like you're just so less than you're you you're just a little minuscule particle in this earth that doesn't matter. And that's not true. Your life matters. Who you are matters. You matter. Your thoughts matter. You see, when we wrestle with our inner critic, it can take us down a rabbit hole. It can take us into a place where we no longer hear what God's truths are of us, what God speaks of us. We no longer believe in that goal and that dream and that vision that God has given us. We start to feel like we're just not capable of ever attaining that goal, of ever achieving that level in our lives. Maybe you've been waiting for that promotion. Maybe you've been working hard all these years. You've been at it for 10 years and you're like I don't understand why haven't I been promoted to this position and you sit there and you start contemplating and just criticizing yourself and you fail to hear what God's truths are saying of you maybe God doesn't want you to have that promotion because God's preparing you for the season for a promotion that's going to be greater than that one have you ever thought of that right maybe that job that you were sitting there waiting on that call for That call is being held for you. It's being held back because God has something far greater than that. God wants to give you his best, not your best. Think about that. Your best is great. It's fantastic. But God's best will always supersede anything that you could believe to be greater than. God's best will just top off. It's like the cherry on top. 
God doesn't want to give you just, you know, something so simple and plain, a settling position where you're just going to settle right there, a place where you're just going to settle a relationship that you're just going to settle into a job that you're just going to settle into a house that you're just going to settle into. That's not what God wants for you. God wants to give you his best. And in his best, there's no settling. There's just pure, meaningful satisfaction and a joy and overabundance that is poured into your life. When we were at church on Sunday, um, Pastor Joel was talking about how, you know, we need to have big prayers. We need to have those prayers that we're declaring favor over our lives, but we're just not praying for just enough. We're not praying and asking God for just enough. When we do that, it's as though our inner critic is saying, you know what? That's all you're good enough for. Just enough. That's all God sees you worthy enough for. Just enough. But when we sit there and we ask God for an overabundance, it takes me to that story. uh, And I was talking to Renee about this. We were driving home from church and, you know, I was on fire, man. I was on fire. I was just like talking about what I was thinking. I was writing some notes in church. and, And then I had this great thought that came into my head and I was jotting it down at the back of my journal. And so I'm all excited. And I start telling Renee about the story of Elisha. And when Elisha was sent to the woman that uh, was a widow, left with this huge debt to pay, and she had nothing. She had no money to be able to pay this debt, right? So I'm telling Renee about the story and how, you know, Elisha goes and, and, you know, he talks to her and she says, you know what? All I have is this one jar of oil, right? She has nothing left and she's expected to pay this debt. If not, she's going to lose the little bit that she does have. And he goes and he tells her, you know, he instructs her to go and get every empty jar in her home. Go to your neighbors, get their jars. And she went and she took all these jars um, that she had, all these empty vessels, and she took the jar of oil and he instructed her, I want you to pour this oil into the jar. And as you fill up one jar, you know, continue on to the next and to the next. Well, The woman poured the oil into the jars and continued doing so jar after jar after jar. We're talking overflow. We're talking, you know, an overabundance that just poured into her home because she trusted in what Elisha had told her to do. She believed in the man of God, the man that she called the man of God. She watched what happened. And in her faith, she stood there and watched herself go from not enough to more than enough that she was able to pay off her debt. That's what we're talking about. That's the kind of bold prayers that we should have and not allow the inner critic to rob and steal us of what God has ordained for our lives. God's already said, you know, he wants to bless you. He wants you to live a life of abundance. You know, God tells you that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. There is nothing that you cannot accomplish. There is no goal too great that you cannot achieve, but you have to have faith and you cannot allow that inner critic to keep you so focused on what you don't have, on what you've lost 
it's, you know, we have to steer our focus away from that rejection and that insecurity that tends to settle in and draw our attention to what God's promises say to us. That's what we have to do. Not allow the inner critic to, you know, take ownership of our spirit, take ownership of our mind. If anything, we have to allow what God's word says that Psalm 139, 14, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That's a declaration right there that you say every day. I praise you, God, because you know what? I know that there is nothing I can't handle because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The scripture goes on to say, your works are wonderful. I know that full well. You see, that right there is standing in total confidence. That right there is saying, you know what? I don't care what my inner critic says. I'm trusting what God says. God says that I am beautiful, that I am flawless, that I am created in the image of his, of, of, you know, of his eye. That's what I am. The apple of his eye, everything that he sees in me, he sees it as perfection. So why am I sitting there, you know, allowing the voices of the enemy to try to deceive me and get me to believe otherwise? In Psalm 84, 11, we know that God's not going to hold anything good from us. God wants to give us all that goodness, all that abundance, all that overflow. Psalm 84, 11 says, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows. In other words, he gives you, he presents you grace and favor, future, glory, honor, splendor heavenly bliss. Isn't that beautiful? That God wants to bestow. He wants to gift to you. He wants you to go and and receive all these gifts as though it was your birthday. Every day to him is your birthday. He wants to give you gifts every single day, presence of overflow, of grace, of favor. He wants to give you that heavenly bliss. And it says, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. You see, no good thing will he withhold. So that position that may have seemed perfect, that relationship that may have appeared as the best relationship ever, that that whatever it is, that moment that situation, that position, you may have thought that's the very best. That's as good as it's going to get. But we know that God's plans always outweigh ours. Always. They will supersede. His plans trump our plans and they're always going to be greater. No matter what. God's plans are that you prosper and live in a life full of abundance. God does not want you living in poverty. God does not want you to living living in struggle. God does not want you to live in a broken marriage. God does not want you living in a home where your children are constantly disobedient and disrespectful. God does not want you to live in 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 a in a family where there is addiction, where there is any any negativity that takes place. God wants you to live a fulfilled life, a life filled with heavenly bliss. You are more than enough. You are fearfully, wonderfully made. You are flawless. You are far more, more precious than any ruby or stone out there. But you have to believe in that. You have to take 
God's truths and let them soak in and marinate in your mind and just let them rest there so that you can find rest. God's plans are that you prosper, that you have an abundance financially, an abundance of love, an abundance of great health, a life filled with favor. My friend, we can be reassured of this. I can tell you this, that God's best will always, always, always exceed our best. There's just no doubt about it. There's just no doubt about it. Whatever it is that God has given you, whatever vision, whatever goal that you have, believe that in the right season, in its right time, it will be fulfilled. Whatever position that God has for you, no man can withhold that from you. No one can hold you back from that position. God is going to supernaturally shift things around so that when it's time, he's going to position you where he wants you to be. And in wherever God wants to put you, there's always going to be favor. There's always going to be abundance. There's always going to be a blessing. So trust me when I say wrestling with our inner critic, that's yesterday. But now there is no more wrestling with our inner critic. Now we're going to marinate in God's goodness. Now we're going to soak in God's favor. Now we're going to soak in what God's truth speak over what we say. God's truth speaks so many, so much volume over us. That volume is just so great that it's just filled with nothing but goodness. That every time you hear it, you're going to feel excited. You're going to feel encouraged. You're going to feel inspired and motivated. That's how God's favor works in your life. I want to thank you again for joining me today. And I'm so excited to have shared this message with you. When, like I said, when I sat with Renee in the truck and we were driving home, I was on fire. I just had all these things just downloading. I was in church and, and everything was just downloading and pouring into my spirit. And I said, you know what? I have to share this message. I have to share this message that it's time for us to stop wrestling with our inner critic and start focusing on God's goodness. I love you guys, and I'll talk to y'all soon. Hey, thank you again for joining us here at the Living Encouraged podcast. It was such a joy to have you here today. Be sure to hop on over to our website at www.livingencouraged.org for more encouraging and inspiring messages. Thank you so much and have yourself a blessed day.